Welcome to the Prosperity Gap, where we discuss the financial gap that exists between where we are and where we should be. It's time to bridge that gap. Hey, Prosperity Nation, welcome to the Prosperity Gap, the show where we help you bridge your financial gap from the life you're currently living to the one that you should be. My name's Dave Hall. I am the host today. Very excited about our show. I always am. I say that every week, but it's because I love talking about finance. I love bringing people on the show that are smarter than I am, that have other strategies and ideas that I don't many times maybe have so that we can help you become smarter yourself. And to do that today, I've got with me Kevin Haw. He is the owner, I guess, uh, the blogger from the Financial Panther. Kevin, how are you? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on. Glad to have you. So what's the right term? I mean, you blog, but you also, your website's far more than just blogging. Is it a business? Is Financial Panther a just the, the blogging? What is it? Yeah, I mean, it is a blog, but I do consider it a business. Like, it's now currently my full-time job. Technically. So, you know, I was an attorney before and I quit my job beginning of the year to go full time on my blog. So I would consider that my business now. That's super cool. So where did this all start from? Where did your interest in financial literacy and helping other people begin? Yeah. So it started probably about in 2014. I had just started my first real job. I just graduated from law school, started my first real job at like a big law firm. I had student loan debt. So at the time I had $87,000 of student loans, which actually isn't so bad for law school. Definitely <laughs> uh, not for an attorney. That, that's right. Cool. Yeah. I had a half scholarship, a 50% scholarship. So it made it a little bit more affordable for me, but you know, it's still a significant amount. And so when I started kind of, that was my first real job. I was 26 years old. I knew nothing about like money really, because no one had ever taught me anything about it other than like, you know, try not to spend crazily, I guess. But basically, I kind of was in this job where I wasn't particularly excited about it. And I felt pretty trapped because I needed the income from the job to pay off the student loans. And so I started like kind of learning about how to go about getting rid of those student loans. So I can give myself a little more flexibility. And so that's kind of how I first started figuring out. And were you married single at the time and now? Yep. At the time I was in a relationship, uh, just with my girlfriend who is now my wife. So we got married two years ago, but at the time we had been dating for about two years, maybe. So I guess I, I was still handling my own finances. Okay. It was completely your responsibility. She wasn't involved in the process of getting that debt paid off, but obviously Correct. it affected her because you were taking a lot of your money that could have been used to do other things, maybe vacation out on nice dates and you're using it to pay off this debt. What was that relationship like with her? Yeah. You know, the great thing about it was that we were both pretty much on the same page. You know, neither of us are like flashy, fancy people or anything. Like we like nice stuff, but we're not like need to show off or anything. And uh, it was helpful in the fact that she was a student at the time. So she was in dental school. And so basically we just kind of kept living our life just like the same way that we were doing just like as students, essentially, even though, you know, we are both professionals. Which is very helpful in Prosperity Nation. We talk about it all the time on this show is making sure that if you're in a relationship that you're doing your part to work together 
with the other person, whether it's a fiance, whether it's just a girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever it may be, spouse, make sure you're trying to work together because the more you can, the better chance you have to succeed. And obviously on your side, Kevin, you had a big 87,000 over a three-year period of time. That is a big accomplishment. Talk a little bit about some of the key things that you did to allow you to do that. Yep. So the definitely the most important thing was avoiding lifestyle inflation. That is just something that's so easy, especially with a lawyer too, because you know, I was like in a big law firm with a lot of fancy people. <laughs> and the first thing everyone did was they went and they upgraded their apartment to like a luxury apartment. They always got nicer clothes. They did all this stuff that kind of gets you stuck because now you've like raised up your lifestyle to a base point and it's much harder to bring it back down. And the very interesting thing is, you know, when you start your like first job, like when I first started my first job as a lawyer, a few months before that, I was like living with four roommates in like a big, you know, not nice house. So it wasn't very hard for me to just say, well, I can just keep living this. I'm like, pretty comfortable. I'm not like, you know, I don't need it. And, you know, when I'm 26 years old at the time, or I guess I was 26, 27, people aren't really thinking like, oh, this guy must be like loaded because I'm still a young guy. And so there's not a lot of expectations that I should be like living fancy. And so that's kind of my main thing was I just kind of kept the same baseline that I'd been living while I was a student and just kind of try to do that for as long as I could until I'd gotten rid of the student loans. One of my uh, favorite clients, he uh, works for one of the big banks in Las Vegas. He makes millions of dollars a year, and he still drives a 2008-9 Honda Civic. And he just loves that car, and he's going to drive the wheels off. And I love it because it's like he could obviously afford any car he wanted to. He could do whatever he wants, but he's just super happy with that car, and he just doesn't really care. It's like, look, I, I don't need to impress anyone. And obviously, in your life, it's that same belief. But in addition to that, one of the other things I read, I believe that you did, was also some consolidation. Can you talk a little bit about that and how that helped you? Yeah. So one of the ways to pay off student loans faster is, of course, to get the interest rate lower. And so, you know, when I graduated from law school, my interest rates were like at 6.8 and 7.9%, which is like pretty crazy, I think, especially when rates were really low. This was in 2015 when I refinanced them. So there are all these new companies that started popping up around that time that you could refinance your student loans to a lower interest rate. And so I had refinanced my student loans down to a 4.3% interest rate, which made it much lower. And then I refinanced it again, actually, because you can refinance your student loans as much as you want. It doesn't cost anything. There's no like fees and you can prepay early as much as you want to because actually with student loans, I don't think you can have prepayment penalties. And so I lowered it down to 1.87% interest rate, I believe, which uh, really helped me out a lot with paying them down because much more of my payment was going to principal instead of paying off interest. And if we just do simple math, I mean, if you just took $80,000 and you cut your interest down by 5%, I mean, that's $4,000 a year. I mean, this is what people often don't realize in Prosperity Nation. That's almost $350 a month that you're saving by being able to cut this down. And, and again, it's just interest. It's not like it's helping you get your debt paid off any faster, but it's really helping you get yourself in the position you need to be much faster. Right. And then, and the key was also that I was not like dragging it out because this is something that some people do is, you know, you keep refinancing and it just keeps refinancing a new term and you just keep dragging it out forever, which is kind of what they want you to do, I bet. But I was just like, well, I'm going to refinance and pay it off quickly. 
I was very shocked. We did a show. One of our shows was with an, an attorney who his whole focus of his practice is student loan debt, helping people get restructured. I couldn't believe how many people he said in their 60s and even 70s were still paying off student loan debt. Now, some of it was not theirs. Some of them may have been their children or grandchildren or something, but there were still some of them that it was their own student loan debt that they'd gotten clear back when they're in their 20s. And because they hadn't been able to refinance, they hadn't made the priority they're still paying for it 40 years later. And to me, I'm like you, it just seems crazy you would do that. And those that are in that position, you really need to work very hard to get it paid off because it's not adding any value to you now. Now, there was value when you got your education, but you've already got that. So get it paid off and start enjoying the benefits of having a more secure financial life. So Kevin, let's talk a little bit about the Financial Panther. Where did you get this name from? Yeah, um, it comes from an episode of The Simpsons <laughs> where Homer is having money troubles and then Marge says maybe they need to go get a financial planner and he thinks, oh, he has a little daydreaming, goes, oh, financial panther. <laughs> and, and then, you know, the banker is trying to get money from him and he sicks the financial panther on the banker. And so when I was kind of thinking up like, Oh, what was like a good blog name to call myself? I thought that was a funny one that would kind of get the super point. Super funny, super creative, definitely different uh, name out there. When did you originally start this? When did you first put out your first blog post? Yep. So I started this blog in 2016, right after I had just left my uh, my big law job. So I had paid off my student loans and switched over to a government job, which... Uh, gave me a little bit more time, uh, a little more free time. And so this was like a little thing I've been like wanting to do because like I do a lot of weird things and a lot of my friends were saying, hey, you do some weird stuff. Like maybe you should like share it. And so that's kind of, once I had a little more time and I had my student loans gone, I decided to give that a shot and see if I could, uh, what I could do with it. Which I haven't had a chance to go through everything that you've done, but I noticed that one of the things that you definitely do do is you are very open about your own personal life that you share a lot. Is the majority of your blog posts about your personal life and things that you're doing yourself, or is it to a point now that you're having to use just other general information to help fill those blog posts? Yeah, most of the stuff I talk about is things that I am doing. You know, I always find that it's helpful when you can see what someone's doing. It makes it a little bit more like you can trust it too. If like, you know that the person you're reading is also doing that kind of stuff. And so that's why almost everything I talk about is something that I am actually like doing in the world. (laughs) One of the super cool things that I've seen on there that I know you are doing and you spend a lot of time focusing on, and that is side hustles. Tell us a little bit about your goal there why you're posting information about what you're doing in your side hustles and how you feel that that's helping people. Yeah. So one of the things that I um, started doing what, back in like 2015, 2016, when I was a uh, practicing attorney is I was picking up a lot of these like different side hustles using these uh, gig economy and sharing economy apps. And I found them so, I found them really fun to do for one thing. Uh, so these were doing things like dog sitting, delivering food on my bike with these on-demand food delivery apps, walking dogs, all these things just like fit in very well with what I was already doing. So, you know, like after work to like de-stress, I would go like bike around, right? And then I found these like delivery apps. I was like, wait, so I could like go do what I'm doing already, which is biking around. I can like 
deliver food while I'm doing it and get paid. (laughs) (laughs) And so I started doing all these little things and like the money, like it seems like not much. Like you go, oh, you make five bucks here, 10 bucks here. But it's like every day you do these little things, which take you like no time to do. And it just adds up little by little, you know? And like, I was looking at the math of it and it's like, if you make like $5 a day and you save all of it, you know, in 30 years, that's 180 grand just from like literally taking 15 minutes a day to like deliver some food to someone. (laughs) And so it's just like kind of an interesting thing that I like started realizing that these side hustles had a lot more to them than I initially thought. Like, you know, they were fun and I think they are worth a lot more than people think. I noticed one of them that you're doing is Airbnb. Do you rent out a place full-time or I know just one of your articles also talked about just renting them out when you go on vacation and when you're not around. Yep. So, you know, one of the things that I do a lot is try to like be efficient with my stuff that's around me and or take advantage of the things that are around me. And so Airbnb was a great thing that we, that my wife and I started doing, um, we moved into a house and it was like a four bedroom house and it was just the two of us. And so we had a guest room, which I bet you a lot of people with like houses have a guest room and the guest room was just sitting empty. And so that's why we like decided, Hey, you know what? Why don't we just like throw this up and see what it does? You know, we live like near a large university. And so it gets a lot of like students and like grad students and people coming for conferences, which was like, the perfect type of people to have coming to our house. This otherwise empty room that was fully furnished because we had a bed in there, we had the mattress, everything. We didn't have to buy anything for this room. Just started like generating revenue for us. And, you know, most months we would make between $800 and $1,200 a month just from renting out this one room. (laughs) And it was like nuts because we could almost essentially cover our mortgage just like using an empty room in our house. And so started doing that. And then uh, a few years ago in 2018, the Super Bowl was here in Minneapolis. And uh, I thought, well, hey, why don't we just put up our whole house up on Airbnb during that, (laughs) which a lot of people did. But luckily for me, because I'd been doing Airbnb for so long, I had so many reviews. So my house got booked like Perfectly. And it was like, I rented out my place, my whole house for $12.50 a night for wow. two nights. <laughs> so I made $2,500 in two nights renting it out during the Super Bowl. And when that happened, my wife and I, we went on a little trip. We went to Arizona that weekend <laughs> and just like went on a hike in the national park. And we started doing this more often when we traveled. We would just put up our whole house again and see who booked it. And it was working out very well. And so this is like, a large asset of ours that otherwise would not generate any income for us because we live in it, but now it does. And so it's like a nice form of pretty easy house hacking. You know, we don't, yes, we do like share space with people, but like an Airbnb guest is a lot different than like a roommate who is like living there. Like an Airbnb guest is a guest. It's like, they know that it's not their house and they're there for such a short time. I love what you're doing there, Kevin. And it's really cool too, because Prosperity Nation, if you listen to what he's saying, all of us have assets laying around to have some type of value. If you're struggling financially, now there are many solutions to that from cutting costs to getting another job to further educating yourself. But all of us have these things laying around that we don't realize can bring money in. I know even for myself, I live here in Puerto Rico. We've got a five bedroom house now and I've only got three kids at home. You know, I could easily be renting out two of my bedrooms and one of them's actually designed with its own bathroom, its own area out to the pool. I mean, it would be a great place to rent out. We don't do it, 
but it would be very easy for us to be making an extra hundred bucks a night just by renting it out because it's in such a cool place. Yeah. And you could definitely rent it out when you go traveling too, you know, and, and there's a bonus, you know, because you have to clean your place when you have guests come. It's like you are getting paid to clean your own house because that benefits you too when you clean your house. <laughs> well, it's super cool for us because we may go for a two-month period of time, you know, especially during the summer months. We have a home in Utah, and so many oh. times we disappear for a couple of months to go spend time with our older kids. And so we could easily do that. It's not something we've done yet. We've talked about it. We've just not pulled the trigger. But I think for those listening that if you're in a financial position where you need some extra money, you need to you know, extend your finances, here's a great way to do it. Yeah. And, you know, just to build on that, you know, another thing that my, uh, that we've been doing since, uh, for like the last four years was dog sitting. And, uh, that was through an app called Rover. And the reason I started doing that was because we already own a dog. And so just watching a second dog really didn't add very much work to our day, to our like plate, because we already have to feed our dog and walk our dog and do all the things that come with taking care of a dog. And so in a way it was sort of like monetizing my dog because I had to already do that stuff anyway. And so if I get paid to watch someone else's dog in my house, also, why not do that? I know my daughter does it here in Puerto Rico for a couple of people when they leave and she loves it. She gets paid so much for doing it. Yeah. In fact, she came to me the other day and she's like, dad, I don't know why people work jobs because there's so much money to be paid in these you know, side hustles. And she had referred to it as a side hustle, but she does uh, dog sitting. She also does some transportation for two or three families that can't get their kids. So she's got a driver's license. She's like, oh, I'll go pick up your kids, bring them home. Not a problem. And then the third one that she is doing now is, well, she's always done some uh, babysitting, but she's doing tutoring now. Oh, yeah. 20 an hour. She's like, dad, I can go work at the local store and make seven or eight bucks. Or I can do this tutoring that's super simple for me because it's math and what I'm good at. And I can get paid 20 bucks an hour from all my friend's uh, parents. So why not? <laughs> she is hustling. <laughs> so yeah, it's been super cool. And she is, of all my kids, I mean, you know, obviously being raised in an environment where money was a primary focus, all my kids have some understanding, but I think she's caught it the most that she, she wants to be an entrepreneur. She loves the opportunities it gives her. She can see the value of these extra gigs where they can start making her money to allow her to do some of the other things that she otherwise wouldn't be able to do. So talk a little bit about you, you report on your website, basically your monthly revenue you have in there, uh, how much you're making every month. You can go back. I think your report shows from the beginning of time, what responses are you getting from others? And are they finding that helpful being able to see some of what you're doing on a monthly basis? Yeah, those tend to be my most popular posts most months. And I think the reason is because they're very accessible. Like all the things I'm, I do are things that almost anyone can do, uh, especially if you live in a city. And you know they don't require a lot of upfront costs or like huge time commitment. And so it's very, it's something that even if you're working full time, you can like add it into your day. And if it doesn't work out, you're not really out anything other than a little bit of time to sign up and, you know, do whatever it is to get the start on these things. And so that's why I think people like this because, you know, I could talk about like my blog, right. And what I make on my blog, but the blog took me, you know, three years working at night every day before it could generate something. And so it's not really helpful for someone who's like, well, I need to, I want to make some money now. Right? right. You know, I got student loans to pay. I got whatever. And so that's why I put those reports out because it really shows like, you know, what, what can an extra 500 bucks a month do for you or what can a thousand or whatever. And it's like, that is something 
that almost anyone today can do. They can make an extra 500 bucks, a thousand bucks, you know? And I mean, right there, like, you know, you make extra 500 bucks a month, you fund your whole Roth IRA for the year, you know? And so it's like, it's just something that I think a lot of people can see and know how to do it if they just look at them. It's super cool. Really cool what you're doing there. I think it's really cool for people to see, helps them relate better to what's going on. I know you can't talk a lot about the blog, but are there things, I know people oftentimes want to get into that space. They look at it and say, I'd love to be a blogger. Are there any keys that you could give people beyond the fact that it does take time if someone is looking at that type of business? Yeah. I think that a blog is a great way. I think that any sort of content creating is a great, like great business. Um, you can just reach so many people. It's just, it can be frustrating because it takes so long to before you like people start noticing. You know, my thought for most people is to have three things going when they are, um, when they're working. You have your day job and then you pick up some side hustles, which are like easy and bring you like, definite revenue. And then you have your business, which can be a blog, YouTube, podcast, anything you want. That's like a scalable business as your third thing. And if you do all three of those, I feel like that's kind of like the way to do it. Yeah, and what's cool about it is it gives people an opportunity to really use their time effectively. I mean, it's very easy for us to waste time, sit in front of the television, waste hours of time that's making us nothing, doing nothing for us many times value-wise, and to be able to have something that's motivating you. I think that's the other cool thing is these side hustles give you a great opportunity to really motivate yourself. Definitely. And you know, anything you do, it should be fun because if it's not fun, you're <laughs> not going to do it. And that's why I think a lot of people like they start up these things and then they kind of just fall off is because they didn't find it fun to begin with. And if you go into them without that like idea, like this is going to be something I want to do that's fun, you're not going to keep doing it. Absolutely. 100% agree with that. I think it's very, very important that we have the right attitude as we go into these things. So you've actually quit your job now. Is that correct? You're doing blogging full-time now? Correct. Yep. I quit my job in March of this year. So and how to- was that experience? It is uh, less scary than I thought it would be. Um, it, it's definitely different. I really enjoy having much more of my time that I can, um, you know, and it's kind of interesting because, you know, like my brother is a uh, self-employed also. And I talk to my brother more now than I like ever did because <laughs> he's always like, just like doing stuff in the middle of the day. And he'll like call me. And it used to be, if he called me in the middle of the day, I was like in my office, I was like, I can't talk now. <laughs> now I'm like, he'll be like, Hey, what are you doing? I'm like, Oh, I'm like, you know, walking around or whatever I'm doing. And so it's just kind of nice to have that freedom where I can really I'm still working. I'm working more than I like ever worked, I think. Right. But you're loving every minute of it. <laughs> but yeah, it doesn't really feel like work. And I like, am, I really feel, I really enjoy having this time, like the more control over my time. And so now it feels like my life is like, my job fits around my life rather than before where it was like, my life had to fit around my job. Do you ever see yourself going back into law? Do you see a day that you would actually get back into that industry? Yeah, no, I mean, I still have my law license and I will still probably keep it when, you know, it's just a fee each month and I have or each year and then I have to uh, take some uh, continuing education classes. But I don't see myself actually wanting to practice law again. Um, I think that was something that I kind of fell into just because it was like there. Right. And uh, if I ever do go back, which is, you know, it's always possible I go back to a regular day job, it probably would not be in the legal field. It'd probably be something else. 
Very interesting. One of my clients is actually a family vlogger. So the wife set it up. She originally started, became very, very successful. But the husband was an attorney and he was doing all kinds of other law. Decided he would specialize in basically social media law because they were involved in that space and it became a good place for him for a while. Now he's gotten so busy with their own stuff that I think the only legal stuff he does is for his own family if there's any issues that pop up. But It was very interesting, their journey. And again, they've been so successful with their vlog. It's been really cool for me to to watch them and see them grow and be able to expand the business the way they have. Yeah. So is your wife completely supportive of all this now? I mean, what's her take on all this? Does she get involved much? Yeah, she does not get involved in this stuff at all. (laughs) You know, she is not super into money and that kind of thing she's good with money but she doesn't really like learn all the stuff like all the little intricacies that we obsess over but yeah me making this decision was a joint decision it was me by myself i would have quit and gone all in on this you know two years ago probably (laughs) you know and just because you know i figured if i only have to take care of myself i don't need that much um but uh yeah it was like we were kind of waiting for us to be in the right position where I could take this chance and we had some money set aside and we're, we're in good shape. Well, I know one of the things too that bloggers often get into is things like public speaking. Do you see that? Is that something you're doing now at all? Or, and do you see that as a future for you that you would get more involved in the, more of the face-to-face stuff? Yeah, I have done that a little bit. Uh, I did give like a talk at like a financial independence uh, camp Fi event um here in minnesota and so that was like you know just a short you know 15 minute talk about financial independence and kind of what i was doing and so i have like i did enjoy that and it's something that i'm like would like to start doing more of i think there's another thing called the financial freedom summit that i'm currently scheduled to speak at as well as well but i actually don't know much about what's going on there yet so i need to find out actually (laughs) Well, good. I wish you the best as you go down that journey, as you continue to expand that. Kevin, we've ran out of time. Unfortunately, we've got to end the podcast, but I do want our listeners to be able to have access to your blog, the access to your information. How's the best way that they can get connected with you and learn more about what you're doing out there? Yeah, the best way to find me is on my blog at uh, financialpanther.com. Um, I also have social media, so you can find me at Twitter at Financial Panth without the R at the end. And then uh, I'm starting up an Instagram, trying to get that going. So it's the underscore Financial Panther for Instagram. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. Yeah, thank you so much. It's a lot of fun. Prosperity Nation, you have been listening to The Prosperity Gap, the show where we help you bridge that gap between the life you're currently living and the one you should be. 